I am Marcy. Y yo Grisel. Jaime here. I'm Michelle. Please call me Michi. And together we are chatting, chatting with, with my amigas. Four friends. Best friends. Sisters, actually. Who do life together. Join us as we talk about anything and everything. Conversations that are authentic, not scripted, and relatable. Grab your friends, y amigas, and the cocktail, and let's chat. I figured we would start today by me reading some quotes. So after that, we'll kind of talk about what I want to talk about today. So he's so confident. He's so knowledgeable. He's so put together. He looks so distinguished and mature. Such a good dad. In contrast, she's pushy. She's arrogant. She's full of herself. She needs to grow up. She looks old. She needs to get some work done. So what I thought we would talk about today is just the different standards and the high standards for women and the fact that some of the biggest critics of women are women themselves. Who wants to start? <laughs> you. <laughs> so the reason why I picked those quotes is I've been even on LinkedIn. So where I said the she's so full of herself, it was somebody made a comment on somebody's LinkedIn profile and their post was just about how far they'd come in their career. And the response was, you're so full of yourself. Like I've been on LinkedIn a lot. I've never seen something like that to a man, you know, who's talking about, oh, I started off here. I just got permitted, whatever the post was about. And it's just this expectation of if you're a career person, if you are in a high position, you know, you're not confident you're full of yourself. You're not direct, you're arrogant. You know, and it's just, we have to change this dynamic because women have a right to be there and have a voice, but we can't keep being torn down. So as I hear you saying that, my first question in my head was, well, where did this start? Right. right. Like, where did this all start? Mm -hmm. And I really doubt that it was a man telling a woman, Correct. you're full of yourself. It Correct. was a woman to another woman. Correct. Which is horrible because at the end of the day, like we should empower each other and help each other opposed to writing those unnecessary comments and bringing women down. That's where it starts, right? It's that woman just being against women. And I think that that's where it needs to be fixed. Right. And I guess what I don't understand, and, and we can talk anything from parenting, you know, it's rare. You don't hear about dad shaming. You right. hear about mom shaming. And who's shaming other moms? Right. Woman. It's the Woman. mom. It's mm -hmm. somebody that chose a different path. You know, we're all working parents. So how have we been criticized over the time we put into our career? And why isn't she at home? And who's taking care of her kids? It's one of those things that, you know, you can blame a system. You can blame the fact that there's been more men in the workforce. History is history. But how do we change the conversation today? I just feel like, why are you mad that I am bettering myself? Why are you mad that I am trying a little harder for, you know, with right. my kids? Why are you mad because I am trying a little harder with my husband? Like, and I want to express it. And if I want to make a comment or put a post, like, oh my God, I love my family. They're so great. Like, there's no need for 
right you know a hater a hater to like <laughs> oh my god she thinks she's all that like no actually I know I'm all that my family's amazing <laughs> right. and and I work really hard and I hope you choke I hope you choke <laughs> I think also this has a lot to talk about, but I think I'm going to start off gathered my thoughts where I think it goes with what we were talking in last episode about the respect. I think I'm going to call all those little sayings towards women. I'm going to call it microaggressions, which is bullying in a disguise because there's no need for that. However, it comes probably from a place of resentment from whomever is saying that. I have also probably learned that what you say of others says more, more about yourself than that other, what you're criticizing. But of course, I say that now when I was probably 20 years old and somebody said that to me, which of course they had in many contexts, it really brings you down because you are not strong enough at that age, or at least I wasn't having also in those years trying to rebuild who I was because of my four years before that I had just arrived to the US. So I was growing and building myself back up. And all those things were always told to me. And the way that I also processed it or justified it was, this is obviously 20 years ago before the Me Too movement, before this was even a part of the conversation where it's like, you know, I was a woman, I was a female, shorter than usual, Hispanic, didn't speak English correctly. I looked younger than what I really was. I was always working and studying. I had at one point three jobs and I was going to school to just prove everybody wrong. Why? Like this constant proving everybody wrong, where if I just probably refocused on me in this is who I am, but I wasn't strong enough then to even look at or shed light in that, in that instance. From even a Hispanic perspective, you walk in the street and you sort of have to take this whole whistling and commenting while you're walking. Why? Like, what am I like a public display of whatever? I want to know like, the person no. that gets anywhere with those whistles. I feel like it has to have worked for somebody at some point. But it happens even nowadays. And I can give you an example of a week ago and... Even the week before and the week before, always there's a microaggression as of to the way that growth has been framed based on your genre. And I have to agree with you. Now that you mentioned like growing up and even getting that in your 20s, I have to say I've gone through the same thing and to the point where I even isolated, like not isolated myself, but I would just, I'm going to use a terminology that I used to use back then, like I just cut them. Meaning like I was just like, I can't because I always worked so hard. Like I was like, you know what? I'm going to be better. I'm going to do better. And because I was doing better than most folks at my age, oh, I thought I was all that. And I got that. And because I was driving a nicer car than certain people at you know my age, but because I worked for it, because I've been working since I was 16 years old and I've, you know, been able to do certain things. It's like, but why am I all that? Like, I don't think I'm all that, but apparently... You're intimidated because you have to You're say making all that. something about it. So I would hear that. I'm like, you know what? I can't hang out with people like that. So I kind of would push a lot of people. And I ended up, I think, after my 20s was when I started kind of accepting, not accepting, but having real like people in my life that were just as strong and had that same mindset. It's like, okay, well, you know what? Now we're all badasses together. Like there's no need to like, and I, to your point, yeah, in my near 20s. Yeah, but if that you process don't have- maybe took you probably 15 to 17 <laughs> oh, yeah. years. It wasn't fast enough. Um, yeah. 
No, nothing. I'm just <laughs> hearing you guys. You know, there's always going to be haters, always. Bullies, haters, you name it. I have always had the blessed to be surrounded in every step or chapter in my life by amazing, you know, women in my career, in college that extended their hand when I was, when I felt, when I was climbing this mountain, when I felt the, when my confidence was in there, I always had role models in my career as a mom, in college, in high school that always helped me. Yes, especially my career, I identify many times with, in a group of female with, I sided with the males because I, in occasions, I felt like isolated or women that talk no sense. And I'm always been this type of person that I refuse to be engaged in conversations that are not taking or leading me anywhere because, and we all been there when they're talking, you know, shit about other people that you don't know that person. You don't know where they come from. You don't know what they struggle with. They're trying to make the best out of it. They're growing. They're learning. They're, I think in today's world, yes, the woman beat up another woman. It comes within. And it's hard to find someone that extend you the help when you need it the most. I think that shows a lot of integrity, what you made of. Sometimes, you know, you have to pay it forward. And that's what I came across. I'm almost 50 through all my life with someone that always extended their hand to me. The haters, I hate to tell you, I hate to <laughs> tell all my haters, you know, that they mean nothing. I just look the other way. I just try to focus on people that I can bring up, on people that I can help, on group of friends that aren't contributing something positive or aren't contributing something positive to their life. But I don't think we can change we can contribute and change within ourselves, but we cannot change the people, yeah. the haters. Right. We can't. I always, when certain things happen, and, you know, we've talked before about other people's opinions and different things like that, and I always go back to is what's the motivation? And, you know, kind of like that post, you know, that LinkedIn post I was talking about, if it's not something you would say directly to somebody's face, you should never be posting it anywhere online, you know? And I think what's happened is we have this hidden identity. You make them feel empowered. Right. You make them feel... Right. And we gain power in being able to tear down somewhere else. And I say we collectively because, you know, whether you're threatened by somebody's success their family, whatever it is, there has to be a motivation behind it because it is this pattern of just, you're not like me. I'm going to belittle your ability. I'm going to, you know, pick on your looks. And I think the other thing that was interesting when I was looking at things for us to talk about today was so many things geared towards women is how you look. Oh, she hasn't aged well. Oh, she had work done. Oh, she should put herself together. Oh, she looks tired. Oh, she hasn't bounced back. 
you know, you don't ever hear somebody talking about a man. Oh, look at his beard. I guy. don't think one guy <laughs> would tell another guy. Dude, right. you look oh, tired. I don't think they right. yeah. don't engage in no sense. Or, oh, look, she's really let herself go. You know, especially, know. you know, and, and it is. We've talked about this. The first thing somebody talks about with somebody is their weight. Oh, she had a baby X amount of time. Wow, she hasn't got herself back together. And everybody is different. And what's comfortable for me is different than what's comfortable for you. What's healthy for me, you know, at five feet three and shrinking. (laughs) There's not this blanket. And I just find that women, and I think we're all sitting here as, again, people that have had success in business, have great kids, you know, have struggled in different areas. But we've also, you kind of have a circle of people that are there to uplift you. And I think to our children, you know, my daughter, Daimi, your daughter, you know, and it's teaching them to kind of not accept that person in the crowd that's tearing them down. And how do you change the conversation? Because the only way the whole conversation changes is if the conversation changes, you know, and yes, we have changed as we've grown. I mean, you, you change. I mean, again, I'm a person. We're all people. To say I've never said anything about it, like, come on. Isn't real. Come on. Right. But it's how do you grow? How do you learn to be better? And especially a business, you know, talking about how somebody looks or whatever in the workplace, unless it's, hey, you need to be wearing a uniform or, you know, something of that nature in a supervisory capacity. How is that productive to the conversation? Yeah, I think there's been a distortion of the supposedly, you know, how everybody's the whole freedom of speech. You can express yourself whatever way you want, but people forgot that you have to be, number one, respectful. And number one, civic. This has nothing to do with... You not being able to express it, but do you really feel that entitled to express it, putting somebody else down? That also violates somebody else's right to also, like, common decency. It's like all these rules, violations, rights, and everything, is it's all gotten all tangled up just because I have the freedom to say whatever I want. Well, yeah, you have the freedom, but you don't have the right to. So it's, 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 how, it's how do you do, you do, you do your part? I mean, you can control. You cannot control what people. everybody else. But you we can have, control your ball correct. and you can control who or just you yourself. engage, who you engage with, and what conversations you engage with. But we're teaching our kids um, to be better to human there. beings. Better. I, I uh, think. I think that um, I read. It's just a stupid quote. It says, you know, and again, I don't remember exactly, but it says, you know. Weak minds talk about others. However, powerful minds talk about facts. And when I hear those things of like, oh, you're too bossy, or I'm like, did you mean that I was assertive? That's how I answer today. And I answer like that. It says, did you mean that I was assertive? Like normally that changes the conversation. But I wasn't there a long time ago. And I think that even when I knew what to answer, it still took me to be very courageous to even say it because based on the upbringing I had, it was like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, oh, I'm going to now be disrespectful to you. No, but in the first place, you're disrespecting me in the first place. So now you opened up the door. So I'm going to try to put you in your place to the best of my ability. 
Or when you're assertive, when you're direct, direct, you must be on your period. Oh, of course. <laughs> exactly. On oh, no, those days. Oh, she's hormonal. Time of the month. Yes, hormonal. Yeah. She's oh, what, what, oh what she's the, being led by her emotions. Exactly. Or her family is she's getting in the way. Or her family. She's or her, her, her family She's going through something right. with right. her kids. But it it's just always, happened. Like last year, I think, and again, this is just what I remember when the Olympic Games were being decided if they were going to take place or not. One of the Japanese, the committee of the Olympic, he walked out because inadvertently he made a comment as of to having a meeting with a woman was going to take longer than having a meeting if it was just all men. I mean, this was like already like a year and a half ago and the whole world got this and the guy stepped down. Saying that he, you know, no, then he apologized. It was, woman, it was going to take longer. Well, because of course it takes us to use more words to be more assertive, but then we are painting the bigger picture at the end of the day. That doesn't mean that we speak less or less effectively, just in a different way that we communicate than men. So I remember that because it took a lot of, I pounded that thought for a long time. I'm like, how dare he, this person? Or they probably speak exactly the same, but because it was a woman, yeah, it wasn't going to come across. He needed across. for the meeting to be hey. faster or something to that effect. Well, I think it's also, you wouldn't, you shouldn't, shouldn't say wouldn't because it happens, you know, when someone's speaking in their native language, it's the language they're most comfortable with. So if I'm talking to you about whatever the subject is, and I use words or I, I speak longer than you do to get my point across, that's how I speak. That's right. my that's language. That's, yeah. that's how I communicate. That doesn't mean you communicate in a better way than I do. It means you communicate in a different way than I do. I always love when your parenthood is brought in. Oh, she has to pick up her kid from work. Whatever it is. Oh, she's homesick again. Oh, the family's in the way. It's, no, I'm juggling two jobs at the same time. And you know what? Work is sometimes in the middle of my living room. Work is at my kitchen table. I've left my kids because of an emergency. We all have, you know, at work. So yes, maybe my home life does interfere, but I guarantee my work interferes at home occasionally oh, too. Like, of course. So and I think that we're programmed as women, and I think it's it's certainly better now than when we've had children. Some of us had children many years ago. It's you know you see this more understanding and a, a willingness to compromise a little bit, whether it's your breastfeeding and you need to pump. Sometimes we couldn't even mention the kids a lot no. of the times. Yeah. Right. I mean, in my career, world. it was, right. Right. It right. was just not yeah. acceptable. I remember when I went back to work after having my son, I would take my purse, my lunch bag and my pumping little bag and you would hear everybody all the whispering at the time that I had to go to the bathroom. And it was obvious because I had my right. bag that right. had all my... And it was like if you were doing the walk of shame. That's horrible. It's, right. It's horrible. And you had to still, there was no little rooms and you still had to sit in a stall and just, it was very, very, very like inappropriate. Right. And I just took it and I did the best out of it. But, and then walking back or leaving the little baggies of your pumped milk in the freezer, because of course you yep. need to put them there until you left to back home. It was just borderline. People make it like, you feel, I felt so embarrassed right. out of like, why would I feel of embarrassed? Course. But of course, at the moment I didn't have the tool, the necessary tools to deal with it. But what's even more sad about that is most of us have worked in a workplace that had more women than men. Mm -hmm. And that's right. what I'm saying is, 
women need to change the conversation about other women. You know, and yes, it starts with us. It starts with our circles. But there also comes a time when it's, you know, there's no place for that. And I think that as leaders, I know Griselle has talked about mentoring younger professionals and things like that. And I think we've all done that and and tried to help somebody along the way. But sometimes it's just, that's not cool. <laughs> you know, it's not cool if I'm at brunch with you and I'm sitting next to you and maybe, you know, you're a friend of a friend or it's not cool at lunch. It's not cool at work, you know, and I, I think... Like we've talked about the last couple of weeks, yes, we can change. We can also call out when you see a trend that just isn't cool. Like somebody on that LinkedIn, and I don't should have commented and called that person out and just right. said, did you? What? No, I didn't. Because I was, again, I was you scrolling were just analyzing through and I was just him. looking and it just jumped off the page. And that's why I said, we need to talk about this because it's just, it's not, it's not the same. And, and you know we can sad? sit there and blame men and keep saying, oh, they're not giving us room. They're not giving us a place. But then when a woman's tearing down another woman, it has nothing to do with gender. It has nothing to do with men not making room. It has to do with we're belittling ourselves. Yeah, how do you decide other? to show up in this man's world? Like It looks childish in somebody else's eyes when you do all this stupidity yeah. versus building, which I'm sure... Man, I'm going to say randomly, like, they don't go like, oh, you didn't trim your beard correctly today. Like, they don't they don't say these they things don't. to each other. It's senseless. Or like, oh, you, your tie right. doesn't match your socks. I don't know, whatever. You know, like, they, they don't talk like this. Maybe some of them. And the, right. well, maybe right. they don't match part, no. the, the sad part is that those women are raising their daughters that way. That way, yeah. Right. Because, I mean, when I grew up, yeah, there was that hating But I don't think as much as I see it now because they're hiding, to your point when you said earlier, they're hiding behind the social media, you know, Webster, whatever. Usernames or whatever. And all Mm -hmm. those credentials and they're creating fake ones and they're doing all these bullying on social media that it's like, wow, like you're creating a monster. Like those women need to realize that because they're downgrading other women and they're talking nonsense about other women, their daughters are picking that up. And I see it like just with my girls. And I notice it now that they're growing and and they're still social, but my girls are strong character and they're leaders. My girls are not followers. And I see it when I'm like, oh, talking to Haley and she has her little friends, but she will call somebody out in Mm -hmm. a heartbeat. I'm like, okay, but that's because that's what she sees at home, right? So women don't realize that they're creating monsters at home with their children. And I'm sorry that I even said that because those are, you know, their daughters, but no, but it's, it's just, horrible. Yeah. Girls are so bad nowadays. Yep. And they're bullies and they don't realize what the heartache that they're causing other girls. And the leaders, I feel like, are at certain points just staying away from the riffraff. They're like, you know what? I'd rather not even be your friend. I, I think I'd rather so. have zero friends. Yeah, and, and that you just said, and I'm going to piggyback right on that. When I had just arrived, or I feel like a year after, this movie Mean Girls mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. all over. Yep. And I remember that I didn't do high school here, so, but my sisters did. So I was hearing all these stories based on what this movie was already like, quote unquote, preparing. They knew what they were doing now. And, but it's incredible how that is real life. It is. And it's like now those girls that were what, like 14, 15, 16 years old back when that movie was out are women that are the mothers of the girls that our kids are socializing with. So you would think, well, the whole movie 
literally framed their behavior all, all that behavior yeah. what is it i mean because I it was have, cool right. it was cool to be the mean girl i don't have girls but what you were saying is so right growing up i didn't see also between my mom my mom's friends being so mean and so what is it jealousy rivalry i mean it's always been kind of there but even me in high school i still have my high school friends right Right. And we are so tight. Those are my sisters and totally different background, totally what we're doing now. Everybody's doing their own thing, totally different shapes. And we are there for each other. Like if we are going to comment on, like, for example, Marcy, on weight is because we come from a good place. We care about you and we want you to take care of yourself on a healthy level as much as the virtual aspect. It's not the same as when you say something nice to the microaggression. Correct, correct. But because even my kids, I'm like, when I grew up back home, we all hang out together, the boys and the girls. I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. I mean, about both of you. But now I kind of ask my boys, why can you, you know, invite Invite them over, girls and boys. Oh, mom, there's so much drama with the girls. Right. And this one is not talking to that one. And that one is bullying that one. And that one, I mean, and we, in a way, we had, you know, some of that drama where some of the girls are dating the same guy. You know, typical high school, middle school drama. But now they take it to the next level. And then with the social media, it's mm-hmm. just out of proportion, well, so out of context. Yeah. Bad. And the I stories love that I hear from the kids. Yeah. And I think there's two things I would say. Number one, I would love to hear from boys, from men, because I do think there is, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. just in what happened in, you know, the mass shootings and they're saying the patterns of bullying. So I don't think bullying is reserved for girls, but I think what it is, is with girls, with the mean girls, with, you know, kind of what we talked about last week, you know, the sorry, not sorry, and what's cute behavior at three stops being cute. And I think, you know, oh, she's just being sassy. No, she's being rude, you know? And I think that we stopped, there's this celebration, this over emphasis on this behavior. Oh, you know, she's just being competitive. She, Rewarding you know, like, bad behavior. Yes, like being just, a bitch, yeah, I guess, is so yeah, yeah. cool now. I mean. Right, right. And, you know, I think we had said once, you know, living unapologetically doesn't mean you never apologize. Mm-hmm. Right. It means you're true or to you who you are. Or you violate somebody else's right. Right. No, but I think that, again, it starts at home always. It starts with your own behavior. Absolutely. But we all, you know, it's kind of like when I talked last week about trying harder, we see it. It's sometimes the conversation isn't always going to be comfortable. We have to be willing to step out and just say, you know what, that's just not cool. And if it's, you know, your kid's friend, I know I do it. I'll tell my children, you know what, that's not a healthy relationship. You need to either change it quickly or end it. Because I'm not going to have that person in my house. Yep. Yeah, I've you know? And, Amen. and you know, I think, again, there are things when your things are on social media and things like that, that 
kindness can trend. I just, I refuse to believe that this is just the way it's supposed to be. And oh, well, you know, I'm good, but you know, who cares that Michelle's being bullied? You know, no, I care. You know, you want to do better. You know, we talk about just empowering ourselves. We all work hard to be better people. You know, I like to think I'm better than I was a year ago because I try harder. You know, I learned something different. I, I'm not suggesting that every interaction has to be perfect and we're all people, you know, and sometimes people don't show up as their best. It's just the reality of it. But how am I better the next time? How do I make that right? How do I teach somebody else that, you know what, you could have expressed yourself this way, even in a meeting, mm-hmm. you know, or a little comment, oh, I'm not sure why Sheila didn't get that done, you know, oh, she was home with the baby, you know, like, again, it's, there it's is aggression. No need to add all yes, that. yes. There's no need to put disclaimers on. I agree. And until we stop justifying bad behavior, just whatever that bad behavior is and recognizing it in ourselves, we will continue to just be disappointed in each other. I just believe that. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Chatting with My Amigas podcast. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or better yet, if you'd share the show with your amigas, that would be great. You can connect with us on social or through hello at chattingwithmyamigas.com. Until next time, ciao.